Episode 289, Cloak and Dagger, Season 2, Episode 3, Shadow Selves. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and we are here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And by we, I mean it's 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 three of us. Uh we've we've got Samantha over here. Hi. And we've got Stuart over there. Hey. And we're we're together again. For, uh, yeah. <laughs> the stars I, I aligned. Tried, sorry, I'm sorry, Ben. I tried not to do the hey, yay thing, but I I know how much you love that. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I've learned it, to just ignore feels- things that bother me. <laughs> and, so you're like Bob on the internet. Remember that graphic that says, "Oh yeah, be know, like Bob." Bob. Saw some, yeah. yeah, Bob saw something on the internet that annoyed him. He just moved right on, yeah. <laughs> like Bob. There you go. Well, and, and sometimes it's worth celebrating, you know, uh, the, the the problem becomes, you know, if everything's worth celebrating, is anything really worth celebrating? I okay. <laughs> just to save time on this podcast episode, let's just accept the fact that realistically, it really was a miracle that we all, all three of us got together tonight. It is yes. true. Yeah. It is true. Uh, yeah. So let's save some more time and let's let's. uh okay. Tell people what to expect in this episode. Expectation number one, we're going to talk about Cloak and Dagger, episode three from season two, which if you are watching this on Freeform, that's great. If you are not watching it on Freeform, you are probably watching it on Hulu. And if you're not watching it on Hulu, get Hulu. Get free Hulu for a short period of time and use that period of time strategically to watch Cloak and Dagger because, as you're about to hear, this is a pretty good show. Will it will Hulu um, bank the episodes once they're all done. So like if, if season got, one is still on there, I believe season one is still on there. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. And now Legion season three is on there along with season one and two. So I'm excited to watch that if I ever get a chance to. And, and then, Oh, so that leads into one of the other things to expect us to talk about. And that is a uh, post credit. We are going to talk about Disney plus. Um, and what does Disney plus what's been announced about Disney plus recently? Um, so that'll be after the credits. And the last thing is our spoiler policy, which is basically if we've talked about it on the podcast before, we might spoil it when we talk here. Um, that's just a blanket warning. Um, so movies, TV, that kind of thing. Later Netflix series we haven't watched yet. So that's not something we can spoil because we haven't seen it. Do we want to talk about the spoiler policy that um, the Russo brothers just put out today or yesterday? Yeah, that is kind of fun. They did this for uh, Infinity War 2. War 2, but yeah. They put it out for Endgame now. Just a letter to the fans. Basically, don't be a jerk is yeah. what they're saying. Be nice to people who haven't seen the movie yet. Do not be Homer Simpson walking out of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we are not going to be that person. No, 
we're not going to be that no. person. But but also, I mean, I we might have to draw the line. And and if you, you know, we when we discuss Endgame, there will be a time to discuss all of your uh, all of your feedback and stuff. So send it in. That's true. That's true. When you see Endgame, you can call in or you can email in a uh, uh, audio file or you can just email a regular email to uh, feedback at welcome to level seven dot com um, or our Facebook page. You can send us a message there. And uh, I'm not sure when we're going to record about Endgame, but it's coming soon. I mean, we're, we're a week and a half away from being able to see it here in the States. And I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Because we, I, I, I'm not going to be. Well, I'm still going to be the last person to see it, but not be by 24 hours. We got our tickets for Thursday night, so yay! Perfect. Oh, yeah. perfect. You're not going to be. I'm Ben. When are you going to see it? Uh, seven o'clock Thursday. Okay, I'm going in 6 p.m. Thursday. So. Yeah, and ours are at 9 p.m. Thursday. <laughs> and and we're so you're going to be up half the night. Yeah, yeah. and we're Eastern time. So I'm still last. Yeah. Last in this trio. Let's. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's coming and we do want to hear from you. Yes, for we do. sure. We really do. Yeah. And yeah, with all that said, we are going to talk now about shadow cells and we're going to talk about this in chronological order, except for one thing. And that's the cold open, because in the cold open, we have Mina and she's experimenting on a mouse, a mouse that came out of the lake. And she is frustrating this mouse with a maze that is similar to one that the mouse can and has solved and is familiar with. And when she's doing this, there's an energy surge, takes out the power. When the power comes back on, there's a second mouse, a new mouse, a double, if you would, a shadow self, potentially. And it eats the other mouse. <laughs> like, it's gross. <laughs> and what a great opening, you know? But at the same time, here's what happened. <laughs> she's referencing how she's not getting any results. And she says, hey, maybe you and I could go and become bakers together like that movie. And you know what movie I'm talking about? Ratatouille. You know what movie she's talking about. Yeah. Ratatouille. And Daniel Butcher. Dandy Daniel. My good friend. Hates that movie. It's the one Pixar movie he loathes. Because of the mouse being near food. <laughs> he can't stand that movie. And so if Daniel's listening right now, um, I'm just really curious how far he got in this episode or did that turn you off? Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah? So his problem is not necessarily the plot or the way the movie is made. His problem is just simply a phobia that he has. It is nothing more <laughs> nor less than that a mouse is preparing food. And he revealed it on this podcast years ago uh, when he was co-hosting. And um, yeah, I, and it really surprised me. It, it, it took me off guard at first because he's such a huge, huge, huge Disney fan. But when Disney Plus comes, he'll be having his subscription, but he will not be watching that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just he's not going to let the kids watch it either. He's going to be like, this one does not exist in my house. I, I don't know if he goes that far. I mean, I there's, there's only so far you can go with that kind of thing with when you have teen or preteen children. So, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to ban Minecraft from my house. It didn't work. <laughs> 
So uh, let's talk about the experiment now. Uh, when when it happened, um, this what's I was surprised last episode when we found out there's actually two O'Reillys. Yeah, so was I. So that was a huge surprise. And so when that happens, uh, you know, I thought it was just you know, she's looking in the mirror and seeing evil her or the reflection in the puddle, I should say, and seeing evil mm-hmm. her. And then it kind of is able to affect the real world. But then you get to the end of the episode and you're like, whoa, when she said she's taking over, she didn't mean she's taking over as the dominant personality. She meant literally she's just going to go in and start doing uh, O'Reilly's job. You weren't exactly wrong the first time because uh, Mina describes with the mice that there's a docile pers- uh, mouse and, a, and an aggressive mouse. And aggressive would be more dominant. Yeah, so, but I, what I meant was like multiple personalities within one within a single body. One vessel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's an old old movie thing to show you know fractured mirrors to to symbolize the fractured personality of the person, or you know sometimes you'll yes. show two people in a mirror and and then one person transforms into the next you know one personality into the next personality and all that sort of stuff. I didn't think it was actually two people. <laughs> I didn't either. And and then when it was, it was a, it was a neat surprise. Yes. Um, I do want to throw something out there. Okay. I've talked about this before. I'm talking about it again right now, but the tick, uh, which subverts and overturns lots and lots of superhero tropes. I'm going to um, take off my headphones cause I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm, all I'm saying is um, there's some tropes that they subvert that they get into some of this idea with the mirrors and stuff. And it's kind of fun. So okay, watch the tick. It's, it's simple, very short episodes, and there's only 10 in the second season. I can't remember how many are in the first season. And like eight or 10. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a short experience. You know, watching season two is basically like watching Endgame, <laughs> really. So, yeah, I would I, I highly recommend it, uh, especially it plays with some of these tropes that we're seeing here. Here it's done straight, and there it's done nicely with uh, the subversion. So, yeah, uh, the people, when they go through this process of being split, one side doesn't have any anger at all and is docile. Then there's the aggressive one and the aggressive one, like when in the brain scans, it's just all anger all the time and, and just constant. And so that's the explanation that we get. And it's actually a nice MCUing of just that idea of Jekyll and Hyde. You know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, it's literally all of his evil is just brought to the forefront when he becomes Mr. Hyde. And and it's a great kind of treatise in some ways on the sin nature and on, you know, our dark sides or our shadow selves. Um, But this kind of gives us a scientific explanation. Um, Although uh, Mayhem, evil O'Reilly, she she calls it out as feeling like she maybe doesn't have a soul. Like she feels like she doesn't have a soul. So they are getting into but, some metaphysics there. But skipping ahead a little bit, she keeps going to uh, Father uh, Delgado. Delgado as like a soundboard for what yeah. she's doing. Yeah. And actually, it's the Delgado stuff that made me kind of want to do this in chronological order because um, you see him as we're moving through this. You see him in the present day where he is a wreck. He is a mess. Mm -hmm. And then you see him through the flashbacks as he's kind of building in that direction. So 
so we're not going to go flashback, present day, flashback, present day. We're just going to march through the flashbacks and then we'll, we'll get into the present day. So 242 days ago, that's roughly eight months ago. Mayhem crawls out of the lake and she looks really nefarious. We've already seen her. We didn't realize we weren't looking at O'Reilly Prime for lack of a better phrase. If you're going to, there's our first Star Trek reference. <laughs> well, actually, together they make O'Reilly Prime, but um, Mayhem's one half of, of O'Reilly's personality and Bridget is the other half. So I wouldn't even go as far as to call one or the other prime. One's just docile, the other's aggressive. Yeah, what's interesting about this, if you compare it to The Enemy Within, which is the Star Trek episode where Kirk splits and does basically the same thing, Mm -hmm. um, they couldn't exist without each other. I feel like Bridget and Mayhem, Bridget, sorry, it's not T, it's Bridget. Yeah. And Mayhem can, can almost exist separately because they're not tied to they're not it's not like they're rubber banding or anything like that they're you know they're existing separately coming around it and so maybe they'll have to join back up at some point in the in the end but right now they're existing separately Mm -hmm. well i'm gonna stick with o'reilly prime because uh she's shocked she has the bullet wounds and the other yeah. one doesn't, you know, and so I feel like the one is being ripped out and pulled out of the other and and that mayhem or the aggressive one, the aggressive mouse is the one that's pulled out of the other one. And and you have the one is left behind and the other is what's taken out. And so all that rage, all that anger that that mouse has, you know, despite all its rage, it's still just a rat in a cage. I mean, <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. Um, I was going there. And I was yeah, I put it in my notes. Opening. It was actually in my notes later on, but I ah, let's go for it now. Uh, but anyway, that's the way I'm seeing. It. And, and at some point we might see them put back together. Um, but I do see it as this, this side of her is being pulled out. And that's the thing is this is not an evil. Good. This is a docile aggressive. And anger serves a purpose and serves – it can serve a positive purpose because anger can often motivate us to action, motivate us to movement, and it can also motivate us to harm and can motivate us to destroy. Uh, but she's anger unchecked. O'Reilly or Bridget is – you know, like you said, docile and mayhem is aggressive, but like you've also said, it's not an evil good. It's not like one is out to take, you know, over the ship and, and destroy all humanity. It's like one's just moving forward and doing the job that the other one can't. Right. And the motivate, well, we'll get into the motivation here, but the motivation yeah, is to do a good thing. And you actually get some argument at the end where I just feel like it's weak arguing. Like some of that stuff they're saying is like, yeah, I don't think you really believe that, Ty. So, all right. So 242 days ago, she crawls out of the lake. She's acting weird. She has green nails. They look really, really sharp. It reminded me of um, Ripley's nails in, uh, well, Ripley clones nails in uh, Alien Resurrection. Um, But she tries to drink some water and gets impatient with filling up the glass. And so she decides to drink it straight from the tap. (laughs) I'm just watching this and thinking about venom where you know he's he's eating the rotten meat and just thinking this doesn't feel as i don't know urgent but she's really thirsty 
Then she beats up the new refrigerator and throws it down the stairs. And this is where you know, okay, something's way off. And then she goes and visits herself in the hospital and kind of examines herself who's unconscious. And she's actually considering murdering herself. And then she overhears a name, Connors. And now Mayhem hears that name and decides, ooh, I'll come back for you and leaves. So that's 242 days ago. Why do you think she was wanting to kill her Logie self? Um, just being aggressive, just same reason the mouse ate the other mouse. Yeah, that might be part of it. It might also be like there can't be more than one of us. You know, if she wakes up, then she's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if if O'Reilly wakes up. You know, O'Reilly gets the life. And yeah, that's true. That's and, true. And so here her plan, I think, was just I'm going to take O'Reilly out of the situation and I am going to live her life. But then she gets another mission, which is not just to live the life, but to go out and avenge the the crime with Connors. That's my take. What's your take? I, I don't. I didn't have one. It was a weird one of the things I'm finding I like about this series is, is that it it's asking a lot of questions and it's not giving a lot of answers. So you have to sort of be active in watching it to where they might give you answers later. But right now, I don't know. I don't know why she's doing it. You guys keep mentioning the word aggressive. I can't help but think of the uh, cheer. Be aggressive. <laughs> be, be, be aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> What is that from? It's, it's just it's a cheerleading thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the, that that's a thing. That's like the sports or something like that. that yeah, you go it's, outside it's to, do. to do with sports. Don't know. Don't, don't like that. Okay. Yeah, I know. All right, well, 236 days ago, Mayhem gets an apartment. Her first apartment. She's moving out on Aww. her own. Like she's not our little girl anymore. Um, she steals. <laughs> She steals a deck of cards and writes Connor's name on one of the cards. And I'm thinking, okay, this is her first target. There's more to it than that, although that is um, a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, 200 days ago, she is looking for Connor's and she goes to the school campus where Father Delgado is packing up his office, leaving behind his cross and his collar. And Mayhem comes to him, says she's looking for Tyrone. Needs Tyrone to help her find Connors. He's disillusioned and hurting. And we're going to find out how much he ends up hurting more uh, when we get to the present day. But right now he's out. And and his sort of motivation for leaving the church had nothing to do with mayhem, right? It, it, no. it had to do with, with him getting into that car accident with the girl. I think it had to do with that and it had to do with Tyrone then too. And okay. because he even mentions, though, they did not fire him. He's choosing he's to leave. Yeah. yeah, he's choosing to leave. And they have a conversation about how she says, uh, I don't think you'll ever stop being uh, a reverend or a preacher or whatever. And and he yeah. says then to her, I don't think you'll ever stop being a cop because she says she mentions to him that she's not there in an, uh, an official capacity as a police officer. I, I do think there are certain people who are born to be uh, ministers and and you know people of the cloth and i'm not <laughs> but i think that there are people who are um and 
I don't think you can give that up because otherwise you may not want to do it today, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, and I would say, you know, any kind of religious uh, occupation, there's a calling there. There's a, there's a certain amount of what you call yeah, calling. Yeah. But I think it goes beyond that. I mean, I know a lot of teachers who um, they would – they would reference their job as saying, this is something that I'm called to do. Uh, the same with any kind of service kind of, you know, I'm called to be a doctor because I'm called to help people to heal, you know, and that kind of thing. And it means different things to different people. Obviously when I say that I feel a calling, I'm talking about a God that I believe in as uh, a living and active presence in our world and in our lives. And I, you know, that's, but then there's also that general call where, you know, a teacher would say, I'm good at teaching. I'm good with kids and I have a compassionate heart and, and I'm being called to do this. And, and honestly, most teachers who say they're being called to be a teacher, they have to do it because of calling. They're not doing it because of the money. You know, like they're, they're, yeah. they're not doing it because it's like the, you know, this easy street job where I just go in, collect my paycheck, you know, talk to kids about grammar and nouns and stuff. And then I go home. For, I mean, they're, they're not doing it because only of that. eight hours a day and I don't do any other work at all. And uh-huh. you get every summer off, you know, <laughs> I mean, come summer. on. So, you know, I mean, yeah, every sp- summer where, where you are not being paid, but you, you, sometimes you are expected to go to conferences. Yeah. Well, it's a calling. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, and, it really yeah, is. And, and when you have and, the job, that's a calling like both of them, you know, I mean, mayhem is mayhem right now, but she, she got into being a cop because she actually believes in the work that she's doing. Mm-hmm. I think a cop is the same way. It's not like it's an easy street thing. You, you sign up to be a cop because you want to protect and serve again, not a cop. Don't know. But I would imagine it's very similar. It's not like you're um, uh, just, oh, I, I know how I can make a lot of money today. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Most of the people I know, I shouldn't say that. I, every person that I know who is a police mm-hmm. officer, which is, a, granted, it's it's like five. But um, they all are not doing it for the money. I mean, they're, they're doing it because, it, again, there's a calling. I want to make the world mm-hmm. a better place. And um, for some people, yeah, it's it's a calling – that is passion and talents that are, that are part of that. And for some people it's, I see a problem in the world and I want to help that, you know, but, um, but that's definitely what we've got here with Delgado and, and uh, um, mayhem. The thing is with Delgado, um, I think he's, he's sinking pretty far and pretty low and to get him out of what, where they are at the end of this episode, it's, there's going to be some, some pain. So, yeah, well, three hundred days is a long time, for one, and for two, that's a, I mean, that's a really tough habit, tough disease to kick. Yeah. Well, so. let's. I mean, we're going to continue watching his his mm-hmm. his uh, downward spiral here. One hundred twenty-two days ago, Mayhem is taking um, note. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, I have. I'm putting him on death watch. I don't think he's going to survive to the end of the season. Mm, I wouldn't like that, but that's partially because he's main, he's a main cast member, main supporting cast member in the comics. Maybe not in all of them, but in the ones that I've read, um, he, he's well, there. It's a different capacity, but yeah. But the MCU is also not the comics. I know. I know. And things can change. But that's why I don't so. want to lose him is because I like him from the comics. Okay. I definitely think he has to go through some trials and tribulations. Otherwise, what sort of journey is there at, for him as a character? 
it's true. true. It's true. That's the one, the one thing I've seen leveled at Captain Marvel is she doesn't have much of an arc because she doesn't have to go through too many trials and tribulations. And I'm trying, I want to see it again so I can kind of see for myself, like, is that accurate? Is that valid? Um, we'll see. I think she, yeah, I would disagree with that. Well, I because can't I, disagree with that because I can't remember. <laughs> so I, I want to go back and see it again. I won't. I mean, I, I'll see it again, but I'm not going to see it again before Endgame. I know that. Yeah, I mean the next the next time we're going to see her is is in Endgame. I barely have enough time to watch Infinity War between now and then. I mean, literally, Infinity War is so long. Like if I start it right <laughs> now, I may not finish it before we have to go next week. So, all right, 122 days ago, which is about the length of Infinity War, um, <laughs> Mayhem is taking notes about Especially Connors. If you watch all 22 movies. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, hey, this is not a spoiler. But they, in that letter that the Russo brothers wrote, they called it the Infinity Saga. They called, like, everything from Iron Man up until this point the Infinity Saga. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was cool. And and I have my speculation hat sitting next to me, and we can put it on later if... Maybe, maybe. If yeah. we do that. Yeah, I agree. It was very cool. 122 days ago, though, <laughs> Mayhem is taking notes about Connors. And she is investigating things at the police station and she sneaks into a guy's car, uh, an officer's car. It's Officer Wyatt. And she demands coffee from Officer Wyatt, who's happy to see her because he knew he had heard that she was back on back on the job. And uh, then Mayhem looks up and sees that Bridget is actually, you know, just just across the way there. And uh, so when. Mayhem gets out of there. Officer Wyatt brings the coffee to Bridget. It's like, here's a coffee. Here's a coffee. Because he was so um, intimidated by by Mayhem because Mayhem aggressive. But yeah, we also find out that Bridget is not doing well. She she wants to uh, investigate more what she was investigating before, and they say no. And she says okay. Well, yeah that 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 speaks to the the separation of anger and you know, aggressive and docility, yeah. right? An aggressive person's like, no, I'm going to do this thing and you're not going to stop me. And, a, a, you know, a docile person's like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, they, they don't, they don't stand up for themselves. Saru, that is what I just keyed on in this, my thing. Then you get that, Samantha, you don't. Why no, does not Rue, you like you mean like Kanga and Rue? Saru. Oh, Saru from Star Trek Discovery. Yes, okay. Yes, now yes. I get what you're saying. Although, not saying anymore. Don't want to spoil yes. it. But Star Trek Discovery. No. Wow. If if you know, you know, and if you don't, five ninety nine and oh man, one more episode. Oh. Season two has been so fantastic. Yes. Let's not I talk anymore about because it because I don't think I can get around to watching Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're stopping there we're stopping there okay (laughs) so 113 days ago mayhem begins putting up stuff on the wall she is she is one of those yarn picture um paranoid people people yeah wall people where she's putting up um notes and stuff and yarn stuff she's just getting started though just getting started uh she visits a vote on investigating the missing girls from the ward that we actually have already seen in the future in last episode um 
where they were talking about these girls who are disappearing from from the ward. And the vote does not go well. They're not going to do extra investigation. Uh, but she's not there for that, though. She's there because Connor's old partner is there. And she wants Connor's old partner to give her information. He gives her some information, but not much. He doesn't know where Connor's is. But then we have a Punisher moment. And that Punisher moment is like when Punisher was at that one store and buys – you know, illegal weapons from the guy. And then on his way out, the guy says, Hey, I've got any kind of porn you want, including child porn. And Punisher has to stop, turn around. Like this guy has to be punished because this is not acceptable at all. You're destroying children's lives. So he destroys the man's life. This guy's not quite as bad, but he vouched for Connors to get him back on the force. She stops when he says this. She turns around, walks back to him, and we get his, her first victim um, where she kills him, slashes his throat with her ugly green nails, which are an MCU'd version of, of the Mayhem character from the comics. That's pretty cool. Um, so, remind me, what is this vote about against? Uh, uh, vote about again because um, – it's very late and my mind is blanking. From what I could tell, it was about should they investigate more into these missing girls who have been coming up missing just throughout that area in, in that ward of New Orleans. Okay. Um, because in the um, film speak language that they were doing, uh, um, that what they uh, were showing was that um, – uh, Ty's mother was being heavily influenced by the guy that used to be Connor's partner. Yes. I was going to ask yes. about that. So, so what was, so, did we have any other like I- indication that she had been influenced by them? Other than just the eye contact across what? the room and her hesitation. Before this episode, has there been, have we gotten any sense of, un, you know, ne'er do well in this? I honestly don't remember anything. And so I don't remember anything. I'm hoping if they come back to this, they're going to show us something in the previously on because um, I I just don't remember. And and here it is. Yeah, she's the one dissenting vote and it has to be unanimous. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as she votes, no, the vote is over. And this this guy's somehow involved. And you can tell that she doesn't want to do it either. Right. Right. But yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that is Ty's mom. Who's who's doing that? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have made that connection, except I was looking up the actress <laughs> who played Mina to find out what Mina's name was when I was first starting my notes. And I saw this person who I can't remember her name now, but um, Gloria Rubin. I saw Ty's her mom. and then realized, oh, that's Ty's mom. And then they show the close up on her and I, oh, Johnson. Yeah, it's it's the mom. So. A uh, hundred days ago, Mayhem finds Delgado, who is uh, not quite uh, stumbling drunk on the street, but he is very much considering it. Uh, and she's all—it's almost like she's going to confession. You know, she's she's talking about how she feels like sins should have weight because there's guilt attached to them when you do something wrong, and she doesn't feel any of that. And then she says, "Perhaps if I have a soul, it's not even in this body." And then she gives him a bottle of alcohol. And that's when she discovers the missing girls posters from the meeting that she was at 13 days ago. 
and now has another target to seek after. So a personal note, this, this, that scene takes place on bourbon street and actually is shot on bourbon street. And I, when I was like 12, no younger than that, nine, 10, somewhere in there, my mom took us on a trip to new Orleans and I learned a magic trick from a street performer pretty much on that block. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Because I'm sitting there going, I know that very similar to what happened in, uh, um, in Captain Marvel. So yes, I go places apparently. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever get to new Orleans, go to bourbon street and the French quarter. I mean, yes, it's party town, but there's also a lot of history and a lot of culture. And it's a wonderful place. And the food is amazing. No mice. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't tell Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So 48 hours ago, so we are two days ago now, we move way fast, and she kills the gang leaders in the, the club. 36 hours ago, she talks to Bridget's reflection, uh, and then pushes Bridget into the puddle. <laughs> and, and now we are at the present day. And the standoff with mayhem continues as the trio of Tyrone and Tandy and O'Reilly are talking to mayhem. Sirens are coming and Tyrone teleports them all out of there. And he's feeling weak and it, O'Reilly is shaken, which you would expect. Tandy's pressing in hard, though, man. Tandy is aggressive with O'Reilly, but O'Reilly is just like, I don't know how to feel about this. Tyrone's feeling weak because he's teleported two people. Um, I've noticed so far in this season that Tan- Tandy and Ty are expanding and exploring and experimenting with their powers. As Tandy um, works on hers, she's getting stronger. As Ty learns more about his powers, he's getting it. It makes him weaker. Yeah, they're both able to do more, but it takes more out of him to do yeah. it. Where with her powers, I mean, she can. I mean, she went. It, I don't know what she did, like flash bomb into this building where we would not have seen that last season. Well, it's also interesting to note that she's getting more aggressive, and he's getting more docile. Yeah. Yeah, but she's – we actually find out why he is – I told you there's arguments at the end, and, and we'll yeah. get to that. But the arguments are kind of weak from him until he gives his personal argument about why yeah. we shouldn't do what you're talking about doing. And we'll get there. Right. Um, but they both are being motivated to be aggressive or docile, however you want to take that. Their motivations are very, very personal. As, as she's looking at these women who are being oppressed and hurt and harmed in ways that are kind of similar to things she's experienced. And also, that's the whole thing with Michaela. Michaela? Michaela. Whoever it was from last episode. And so she's got a personal attachment to why should we not just go for this? And he's then looking at it and saying, wait, wait, wait. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Her power is an aggressive and offensive power. And his power is, I won't call it docile, but it's a defensive thing. Like that's, that's the other cool thing. 
And so the well, so there up, up until the end of this episode, oh. I would have said yes. Well, but we'll we'll talk about that. But I would still say that it's it's defensive. It's not offensive. True. But yeah. even in their personalities, I mean, her personality is aggressive and not. It's not bad. It's just it moves forward. She's she is put she puts people on the offensive or however, but like she's aggressive and he is and he is sort of, you know, maybe a little sullen stand back. And that's even in their personalities. That's not their powers at all. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing is um, she she is relating to mayhem through all Mm -hmm. of this. You know, and and why is she relating to Mayhem? Because Mayhem is doing the kind of thing, the kind of thing, not exactly, but the kind of thing that she would do as far as pushing things forward, getting things done, getting results. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is then we move into where Mina gives them all of the exposition. Um, The bodies are exact copies but the docile's have almost no anger, while the aggressives have nothing but rage. She's experimenting on mice, put, and in my notes, despite all the rage, they are still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> so now they got to find mayhem, and so this is all about them chasing mayhem, and it all comes down to O'Reilly. If they're going to find mayhem, O'Reilly has to do basically has to answer the question: If you were her, where would you go? And so they're on the trail. They go to the apartment complex where Mayhem hid, and the owner gives her the key and won't make eye contact because he's been dealing with Mayhem for, what, 236 days now. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I made eye contact. <laughs> so he gives her the key. They go. They find the walls with the pictures and the yarn and the whatnot. Um, they look through in this. the middle of it is a card with that's that's pinned to it that's got a king. Oh wait, that's the wrong wall with the yarn on it. Sorry. Well, but wait, that that was cards, wasn't it? Being used. No, the cards were still in a, in the pack. They they were, but they but, were not. They were not necessarily on the wall. Okay, all right. And and none of them had a pin through them. Yeah. Because it's king. There you go. Yeah. 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 So they look through the stuff. They're trying to figure out what Mayhem was going to do next. Tandy is impatient. Tyrone wants to protect O'Reilly. And Tyrone says um, he's afraid he might be like Mayhem. And and this is what Tandy's like, no, she's a force of destruction. You're a protector. You know, the defender idea there. Uh, Bridget finds a deck of cards. And they figure out by looking through the deck of cards, this is where she, the way she used to keep notes. Uh, for her cases, which that's kind of cool. Like, I would love a detective show where that's the way they got the the, the detective. Um, like, it could be called playing with a full deck, and he keeps all his notes on his cards, and and that's how he solves his crimes. But that's what they're going to do here. They figure out the order of things that she needs to do, and Pier eighty one is burning, and it's that's a place where um lots of prostitution is happening and so she's stopping things there. there you know what that reminds me of what skies uh little three little memory cards from the first episode <laughs> or first season of agents of shield where she's ordering them and we all thought it was really super important yeah and they've never talked about it since yeah <laughs> i do remember analyzing like it, what is this what does it mean yeah 
<laughs> and it meant nothing. <laughs> Almost it literally nothing. Yeah. I, you know, I'm certain that it meant something to the writer, at least the yeah. writer of the episode. It meant something, but. And it could yeah. have been one of those things that they were like, let's do this again and never did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next place is the red light district. And that's another place where girls are being taken from. Uh, and this is where we see Father Delgado and he is drinking and he's preaching on the corner mm-hmm. and he is he says something really interesting. Um, first he's holding, you know, the alcohol in his hand and he says the momentary relief of sin will not deliver us. And he's clearly talking about, um, his own demon that he's battling with the the bottle there. Then he says, despair comes for all. And why is that important? Because despair is a character, a kind of magic, uh, otherworldly other dimensionally uh, character from the cloak and dagger comics. It's a, uh, I think it's actually a, a Dr. Strange villain, but hmm. they end up fighting against despair in a couple of their comics. And he's, he's one of their big bads. Mayhem is another one. Um, so there's Mr. Jip, there's despair and it's not spelled like real despair. It's like D apostrophe S P A R or a Y R E or something like that. But um, Mr. Jip, Despair, and Mayhem are kind of the th- – that's the Joker, Riddler, and Penguin for Cloak and Dagger. So just throwing that out there so you know. There's one other – I can't remember her name though. Yeah. So he says Despair comes for us all. This could be foreshadowing slash prophecy slash um, – Slight reference what, that never yeah. comes to fruition. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It could be the three cards <laughs> on the table <laughs> from first episode of Agents of Shield. But then Mayhem comes or to him. It could be um oh gosh, what's his name from Punisher? His buddy in the cage. Oh, uh Micro. Micro. Like Micro was mentioned way in the beginning of, of Agents of Shield, and then they never mentioned him again, and then years down the road he shows up in another show that's still in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't say enough about him in agents of shield to do anything that would contradict what's came later on. Like True. clearly they weren't thinking ahead to who micro was going to be in Netflix Punisher <laughs> during True. season one of agents of shield or season two, whichever one it happened in. But, but it worked out so nicely. Really nice uh, callback there. I mean, really, the other thing he could be saying is that despair, you know, the act of loneliness does come to us all at some point. Right. It could I like be, your double meaning. Yeah. I'm just saying that, that <laughs> there could also not be. A double so, meaning. so what you're saying is like he could actually just be saying what he's saying. Do we think that? Yeah. yeah. No, well, we're nerds. Sometimes. <laughs> Mayhem then comes to him and says a great line. Bless me, father, for I'm about to sin. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our team comes to the strip club and they find Mayhem in the middle of chaos, which is just, you know, it's Mayhem, right? Uh, she knows where the girls are now because she got it out of one of the guys who was there. And they fight her. And this is my one complaint is that the fight in the strobe lights 
when you're dealing with light special effects that aren't real, um, it just, there was so much of that fight where it's just, what's happening? What just happened? And it just felt disjointed and edited really weirdly. And I think it was, it honestly, it may not have been edited weirdly, but the strobe light made it feel like it was. And right. this, this whole scene just, just didn't, didn't work for me. So, so you're saying it's like an electrified type of mayhem, like an electric mayhem <laughs> and Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I keep thinking that electricity has a lot to do with the powers that, or, or what's going on here in cloak and dagger. Like, uh, I think Tandy is definitely tapping into some sort of um, something to do with electricity with her power. Oh, certainly Ty as well. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, I think that electricity has a lot to do with triggering the splitting of the two personalities. Um, and I think it's it, – it, I don't think it's, it's much of a leap to say that it's going to take Tandy and Ty working together to get uh, Bridget and Mayhem back together again as a single personality and a single person. I think it's going to require a dance off. There you go. With an infinity stone. Yeah. Maybe. Well, Mayhem would actually do the dance and Bridget would be the wallflower. (laughs) Oh, man. So speaking of Bridget and Mayhem confronting each other, um, Bridget pulls her gun on Mayhem and can't shoot. And Mayhem, (laughs) this is one of the, I don't know if this is just great writing or if it's awful, but she's like, <laughs> you can't shoot, can't you? And then she walks away and just throws back to such a junior high. That's what I thought. Loser. <laughs> like, what? Where do we, do we just step into fifth grade? What's going on here? La who? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how are you going to shoot yourself? I don't, I, would, would, mayhem shoot Bridget? maybe because there's not impulse control you know like she's and she's all about mayhem bridget would not be able to shoot I don't, I don't think she'd be able to shoot if uh if it wasn't herself if it was someone who maybe was even harming someone else i think that she would would be kind of crippled by uh by her inability to to do anything and to to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Cause I was going to say, well, maybe Bridget should have just shot mayhem in the leg. Cause she really wouldn't have hurt her, but yeah. yeah, I mean to even do that, that's an act that's, that's being proactive and Bridget is not being proactive right now. And it's a violent act of aggression. And yes, and- could you shoot yourself in the leg? Hey, it depends on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, am I has has my rage center in my brain been deactivated? Then, then no, probably not. I've never been in that situation, though, Stuart. Let's hope so. I can touching I can, wood. Yeah. My desk is made of wood, so. <laughs> so they go to the address that Mayhem has gotten from the guy, and there's a bunch of girls, and she saved those girls. Uh, the driver is dead, though, and um, the driver is dead from. I think it, maybe the driver's not dead, but he was, he has been attacked by Mayhem. Bridget finds her badge, though, that Mayhem dropped there, takes it, and is able to act as a police officer now. Uh, Tandy is very upset 
Tandy's wondering, is ma'am right? Is ma'am right? You know, maybe it's right to do this, to be this active. And they're going to, they now have to find out the final stop. So they've gone to some of the places where these girls were getting caught and kidnapped. And now they have found where they are being, um, put on the transportation and now they need to go to where these girls are being transported to. So Tandy uses her powers to touch one of the girls and there's nothing. She has no hope. And then Tyrone touches her and there's some weirdness going on where, you know, there's when, when she sees the girl, the girl is just sitting there in darkness. There's just that girl and darkness. When he touches they're getting like sucked out of this ambulance into darkness and he goes out of the ambulance. He doesn't see the girls, but he's able to see where they were going. So they go there. Meanwhile, Delgado is preaching and saying he's lost all his faith. He says, save your prayers. They make no difference. The only thing that matters is what you do in this moment, what you do in this moment, action, being active. That's the only thing that matters. And as he's saying that they're getting ready to go into action. And so we get our climax cloak goes in, they can't go in fighting. Why can't they go in fighting? Because that's what killed his brother is just going and, and attacking without thinking. And Shoot first ask questions later. That's yeah. Mayhem's style is what got his brother killed. And so they're not going to go in fighting. They're not going to wait for mayhem, but they are going to help. And so that's where, yeah, he may not be aggressive the way Tandy wants to be, but he definitely wants to act and make things happen. And so she does that ball of light you were talking about, Samantha, and creates a great dis, dis, uh, distraction. And then he's able to go in, pop in, grab a girl, pop out, pop in, grab a girl, pop out, pop in, grab a girl, pop out. But he gets weak, can't get out again. And Mayhem gets there just as Tandy's about to get killed and runs over a guy with a truck, <laughs> which, what a scene. That was... <laughs> That was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't tell if I wanted it to be O'Reilly or Mayhem, or if I wanted it to be just some rando who was like, "What are you guys doing walking in the middle of the street?" But Mayhem (laughs) gets results because Tandy is now safe. Mayhem goes into the building where Tyrone has been captured, and she kills everyone with this machine gun. But there's one guy that Tyrone came face to face with earlier. And they kind of had this moment like, who are you? What are you doing here? And she's about to shoot him and cloak turns into what something that looks more like his comic book version, where there's actually kind of these shadow tendrils that are becoming like a cloak. And he's able to protect this person because the bullets go into his darkness. And then he's able to go to mayhem and envelop her into his darkness, which is something that happens that I've been waiting for something like this and not expecting it to happen based on what they've showed the powers to be like. But the powers in the comics, like these people actually go in and there's a whole shadow dimension that he's like a portal to to in the comics. And Spider-Man will go in and come out and be fine. But the bad guys will come in and come out and um, and they're really shaken by what what they experienced in there because he's actually draining light in the comics, he's actually draining light from people and he can really hurt people. And so dagger will feed light to him. So he doesn't have like this addictive hunger for it 
and instead he uses it only when they're they're going against bad guys. But I'm just really curious where they're going with that here, because we actually find that Mayhem is inside the cloak and she's in this darkness, and there's a gas station, <laughs> and there's the fridge, and. I'm so glad we saw the fridge at the beginning of this episode because this, I love circular storytelling like that, where we started when we started 242 days ago. That's one of the first things that happens is she goes and attacks the fridge. Well, now we see the fridge again and Fuchs is in the fridge and he speaks to her and references um, awkward. What was it? Oh, I wrote that line down, but I thought you were going to use it for later. No, no, my... Uh, my, my line for later is, is earlier in the episode. Oh, okay, fine. I'll say it. Who's up for awkward reunion pancakes. That's, yeah, that's the R word I was thinking of. <laughs> awkward reunion. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, great episode. Yes. Yeah. So my question is how did mayhem get from going after Connors to going after the girls? Because the Connors trail was a dead end. The mm. guy that she was getting information from could not give her any information. And so she happens to see the posts, uh, the, the posted bills on the wall there and she takes them and that be, that gave her purpose, meaning, and, you know, in terms of a shark forward momentum, like this right, is a so thing to go after. So she had a mission, it died, and now she's got another mission. Okay. That's the way I took it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, any other thoughts before I read uh, some feedback? I really like the way they're using religion in this. Um, I, I too, am a you know, a very similar belief system to, to Daniel and and. Ben and Samantha. And so I like that they're using it's, it's a very real religion. It's not the priest is a flawed person. He's, he's a human just like everybody else. And so they're showing him with his flaws. And I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I'm liking Delgado. I, I like seeing a reflection of my, religious beliefs that's realistic and yes unfortunately now sometimes it's, it's fun to see things that aren't super realistic like little else in the prairie you know there's some episodes there where it's like all is fluffy and happy but then on the other hand there are some episodes where there's some really deep questions they're kind of diving into uh and the same kind of thing here where yeah i know some people may watch this and say oh yeah just another another reverend who's just terrible person blah 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 but the truth is we all deal with questions and that's why we go to religion. We, we go to religion because it offers answers to us and, and we go to the religions that um, offer the, the, the answers that feel like truth, you know? And, um, and so I, I like seeing a, a realistic version of, you know, what, just asking these questions and going to these places and saying, and, 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 you know, like he is just at the depths of the worst of the worst where you can go. Um, he's been consumed by his addiction. His addiction has caused lots of problems to happen. And, and now he's, he's, he's consumed by it. And, um, 
Yeah. I, I, I appreciate a, it too, Stuart. And it's a real struggle. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, addicted to space infinity stones or something like that. I mean, he's alcohol is, is very much a real world thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But space stones, I mean, or, or the one ring, you know, to, to go in another direction, you know, the, yeah. those, those are things you watch and, and you say, Hey, I, I see recognizable themes happening here, you know? Right. Um, but then you have, yeah, this realistic kind of thing where, well, okay. So, so let's, let's put it into some context. Um, one of the priests I've had in my life, it actually, I don't think he got defrocked, but he was sort of asked to move on and move out of, of our, our parish because he was addicted to alcohol. He did have a drinking problem and a pretty hefty drinking problem. And so this is, I mean, this is not a, a supernatural type thing. Now he might become a supernatural type thing. He does live in the MCU and they're handing out powers like everything. And but, he is a you know featured player in the credits. Right, so right. It's quite possible, but, yeah. But right now, he is just a guy who's struggling. And and I, I for one, hope he's not on Death Watch. I, for one, want to see him come back from that. Because I think that'd be a great message, is that you, too, can come back from the deepest, darkest of despairs. Yeah. <gasps> what? It's called Hope. It's called hope. Yeah. All right. Uh, Samantha, anything else before I, I go into some uh, feedback here? Um, yeah. I mean, you were talking about um, uh, Father Delgado. Um, I had a bishop or actually a bishop's wife who once said that the people that appreciate um, religion the most are those who are the people who have had um, hit like hit serious rock bottoms, not necessarily drugs or alcohol, but um, um, maybe like an emotional rock bottom, maybe somebody is sig- significant has died in their life, um, or other such difficulties. Um, and, uh, I, I'm hoping that maybe we will see something like that come from father Delgado. It's called hope. <laughs> it's called hope. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is from agent Hank, uh, my buddy Hank, and he, is, he writes in, uh, here we are in the third episode of the second season. This show is really pulling hard on themes of light slash dark and strong slash weak dualities. The characters of Ty and Tandy themselves are even and even their clothing indicates something of themselves. Ty is dressed all in black, while Tandy seems to always have some white or light colored clothing. We see the split in the mice mirroring the split in Bridget. Ty sees the darkness in mayhem. And worries he might be like her. Tandy, though, is the one being tempted to fall. And speaking of fallen angels, there's Father Delgado. Last week, we saw the triple aspect of Bridget. And now we are looking at the opposites. Dare I even say a divine pairing? Of course, a highlight is the callback to Daredevil Season 1. Bridget says that a reporter she knew in New York used to use playing cards to figure out how all the parts of a conspiracy fit together. That reporter could only be Ben Urich. Finally, if we were wondering where Connors went to at the end of season one, we may be about to find out now that Ty has absorbed mayhem. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this show is moving pretty fast, and I, for one, am looking and loving the pace. You made the connection, Stuart, but you didn't make the connection. No, no. Hank, Hank. Good on you, sir. Okay. You did the connection. Yeah. 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 Yes. We're doing it. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. Here it goes. 
the new prize winner of the day. Okay, it's been a while since we've done one of those, but Hank, yes, he the no prize. definitely deserve it. Yeah, oh, good, good on you, Hank. Yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> ben, you're you made the connection. You made the connection. Yeah, did he do that in the comics? I don't think so, but I don't know. Okay, because I don't recall seeing uh, Ben Yurik do that in either Daredevil um, or in the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. But he did do it somewhat in in the uh, mm-hmm. in the TV show. So there it is. He did not do it in um, the Trial of the Incredible Hulk, featuring Lou Ferrigno and Ninja Daredevil. Um, because I don't think Ben Yurick was in that, but, um, okay. yeah, so let's, uh, let's go to final words and then we will head out to talk after the credits about Disney plus and what we're going to be getting from Disney plus final words. I like this series. I'm glad it's back on the TV. And uh, I'd like to give a special thank you to uh, a few people. Um, Andrew, Jeffrey, Tassel084, and a new one, Blessed Cheesemaker? (laughs) Okay. So, I'm not sure. I I actually have been in contact with him now, and and he he mentioned that um, it it goes back to some (laughs) – He's actually someone who works with cheese, I guess. Um, But uh, I don't know if you've seen Life of Brian, but there's a portion in Life of Brian where there's people standing at the back of the crowds and they can't quite hear what Jesus is saying. And and so what is he saying? I think he just said, blessed are the cheese makers. And he's he he has honestly just said uh blessed are the peacemakers. And then they start fighting over it, um, which is doubly funny because – peacemakers so okay but anyway um, uh but he's he's been a listener since season one and uh is helping us out at the um don't yield back shield level which is probably about the perfect level you know where you're saying hey just a dollar a month but i'm you know the the podcasts are are worth it um you know to to give a little bit out we're going to do these things for free you know and and Mm -hmm. so we may talk about patreon and we may talk about other things um but we're going to continue doing mcu for free no matter what always entire whatever we do the movies agents of shield disney plus it's going to be free so don't worry about that um but if you would like to to help us out and um you know (laughs) i'm uh Stuart and I were just talking about a microphone we need to get and mm-hmm. well I say he needs to get it but he doesn't know how good it's going to be he doesn't know why why he needs it yet but I, yeah but he will I trust Ben yeah that's that's what I do so um both Ben's but anyway ben we were, and Ben Avery. <laughs> uh you know and that that's the kind of thing that just helps out as we're as we're doing that so we do want to say definitely thank you so much thank you so so absolutely much for thank supporting you. us yes. and in that way and those of you who are just supporting us by listening thank you so much for that too we we appreciate that um we really love when you send us messages and messages about avengers endgame we will not look at them until we've seen the movie but um we're looking forward to to getting those as well so yeah 
Um, beyond that, uh, you know, we're talking about being docile and we're talking about being aggressive. And um, I, it just got me thinking about um, something my dad used to say. And, and that is, you know, someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other cheek as well. And, and he would say, you know, you, then you also turn to him the other cheek as well. And then the other cheek as well, because we only have four cheeks, you know, to turn. <laughs> but after that, I'm all out of cheeks to turn. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. All right, let's talk Disney Plus because some announcements came out and they okay. were finally. Cool. Finally. Okay. okay, so what's the news? Well, we've got a date and I'm going to be talking here. And so, Stuart, can you find the date? But I think it's like November 21st. Yeah, it's the 21st. Okay. 11, 21. Uh, so, November 21st is the date that Disney Plus streaming service will go live. It's going to be $5.99. Six ninety nine a month is or what I meant. Six ninety nine a month is what I meant, um. <laughs> or sixty nine ninety nine a year. Which, I, I mean, I'm, I think the year price is, I mean, Amazon Prime is ninety nine dollars a year, and you get you won't get nearly as much stuff. Well, and, and maybe you get more stuff on Amazon Prime, but Amazon right. Prime, I'd say half of what's on Amazon Prime is just garbage. And, and and I say that yeah. it, with you all say that at as, least <laughs> at least any what, loathing what you hear in my voice is is intended. It's junk. I mean, it is just it is not student films. It is like people with camcorders, uh, you know, just going out. It, there's there's so much garbage on there. There's good stuff, what, too. But what was that? Japanese movie or TV series you watched, uh, businessmen uh, business versus, versus aliens. Yeah. That's right. worth watching. Also worth watching a history of time travel. It's an oh, hour yeah. and 15 minutes. It's a movie done in the style of like a cable or a PBS documentary with talking heads talking about the history of time travel. Um, but it is a science fiction movie in its own right. As they are talking about this, the different things. It's so, so good. So good. And 
I was going to say, and it's the only place you can get corner gas streaming corner gas, all six seasons and the movie. Yeah. Okay. Back to Disney plus though. So (laughs) Disney plus will not have corner gas guys. No, no. Uh, Well, maybe someday Disney will buy Canada and, and (laughs) (laughs) but you know what else I found on there? Beachcombers, man, beachcombers. And some of you who are listening right now have no idea just the joy that that is beachcombers hey, hey, partially Samantha. because that's not a lot of joy, but it's another Canadian hey, show that I used to watch when I was a kid. Hey, and Samantha, you know anything about this beachcombers thing? Not really. No. <laughs> Just, okay. So two people have zero idea what you're talking. I'm about guessing okay. that <laughs> way more than two. Yeah. But um, Disney plus here's the deal. It's going to go live with their library. And and they're not telling everything that's going to be on there, but um, all of the Star Wars movies are going to end up on there and probably will all be on there from the beginning. The Mandalorian episode one will be there with first launch day launching date, right? yeah. on, on launch date. Um, it sounds like it won't be that the whole series dumps out, but I think that it might be one one week after another kind of thing with Mandalorian, which is the Star Wars live action TV show. Um and, and then there's set, oh, go I've ahead. heard that that's set six years after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And all and the, that's done by that's done by MCU alumni, John Favreau. And the th- third episode or the second episode is is directed by um t- t- I'm not gonna say his name. Taika Waititi? Yes, that's the guy. Waititi? Yeah. That guy. Yep. Um so there's there's all that. Uh, then there is, if we're talking MCU stuff, they announced WandaVision, which is the Scarlet Witch Vision series that they've talked about. They talked about Loki and how this is just a huge scaled epic uh, thing. I think it's going to be doing a lot of um, going backwards in time with that and, and going to you know early adventures of, of Loki. Um, there's going to be a Hawkeye series. And then live with at least the first episode, from what I'm understanding, will be um, Falcon and Winter Soldier series. It's just them setting in the VW bug from Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> can you move the Can you and, move the chair back? No. Yeah. And and they're gonna be watching uh, Steve Rogers kiss Agent Nine or whatever her name is. So no, they're not. Um, how are we going to be able to cover this? Oh well, my goodness. <laughs> here's the thing. This is not going to be all four of those shows coming out at the same time. I think True, we're going to space yeah. this out so that they're, you know, like yeah. with Star Trek uh, on CBS all access where they're going to have different series that are going to come out. And so like, I'm canceling my subscription to CBS all access this week after this episode, but then in a month or two or whatever, you know, they're going to have another series. And I'll probably bring mm-hmm. it back up for the the card series or whatever. Um, okay. So I think that that's the way it's going to go. I'm not going to cancel my subscription to Disney Plus though, because the things no. they're describing, there's going to be a Monsters Inc. series mm-hmm. um, mm. set after the the first movie called Monsters at Work, and it's about um, Sully and uh, Mike Mike, Mike um, doing their job when now they you know the kids fuel their the world right. with, with their laughter. Well, now they're doing their job as, as you know, laugh bringers and stuff like that. So there's that. Um, there's all sorts of um, nonfiction shows 
that sound really interesting that I probably won't watch, but they do sound interesting. There's like a cooking show. Yeah, yeah. There was a cooking show. I mean, this is. I, I this don't is full on network. Like, like there's yeah, they are launching another Disney Channel with all this stuff, <laughs> but you pick Disney and choose. Channel. You get to do it when you want to watch it. You know, um, yeah. Another MCU thing that will be interesting is an animated series called What If. And What If yes. is a comic book <laughs> series where they take these critical moments from Marvel history. The first one was What If Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? And, you know, that was actually an early storyline that in one of the issues, Spider-Man talked about joining them and, and they it didn't happen. But in this issue... They did. And so there's another issue that's like, what if the Fantastic Four's powers were all different? And so it showed like what they would be like if they all had Reed Richards powers or if they all had flame based powers. And um, so there's four stories in that one. And the first what if is what if Peggy Carter got the super soldier ser serum? And and then I guess actually um, they're talking about how Steve Rogers is still a scrawny guy, but he's put in armor by Howard Stark. And. So that animated series, that. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be – if we're going to play the game, is it MCU, which we were talking about, you know, joking about when we heard about the what if. The answer is I think a conditional yes where they're taking moments from MCU and it sounds like they're going to be using actors from MCU as well. So we'll see what happens there. But One of the things that Feige has said – in regards to the MCU. And I think we've covered this on the show is that, um, that the network TV, as we stay, you know, agents of shield and then the Netflix stuff. And then, you know, the cloak and dagger, and those are two different camps, right? Marvel television and Marvel studios. Anything that's under Disney plus is all Marvel studios. It is. It is. It, Jeff so, Loeb is not a part of that. Uh, it's, so if you're it's looking Kev at Dog. the up, yeah, I was gonna say, if you're looking at sort of the tree of, of influence, Kevin Feige has it all the way, all the way. So this, I'm going to say that unless they specifically say, no, this is not MCU. If it's Marvel and on Disney plus it's MCU, at least live action. And the, 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 what if is not live action, it's animated, but, but that is, and, and so I'm not sure how we're going to cover it. I, I've actually already started talking with a friend who he and I both love the what if comics and, oh, yeah. and he's a, he's a podcasting friend. And so he might be brought in for, you know, to help with that. Um, I, I'm not sure uh, what it does give us is longevity in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, and it depends on how they release things. But the, the point is this is fantastic sounding and I can't wait because like all these different cartoon series, you know, that, that my my youngest son will like and all the possibilities we've we've talked about this before but all the possibilities of what's in the vault and well, yeah and and then the other thing is moving forward like we know nothing about what's after far from home as far as the mcu goes nothing as far as mcu movies go right you gotta think that they're gonna include something that we that they're not telling us yet on disney plus yeah well, maybe, maybe not. I think for Disney Plus, just like Homecoming, like where Sony's like, we got to do something here. So sorry. Um, this, I think, kind of is a, well, for the investors, we've got to do something here. We have to let people know what's going on. And I'm, I'm surprised 
at, at some of what they announced, but um, well, if, all if of what they else, it, if it takes place after Endgame, like there's potential spoilers here in these series, right? Right. I mean, if nothing else, all of the MCU movies are going to be on there sooner or later. You know, they're talking about it being the exclusive home for streaming of Endgame and Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting. So they're going to pull. You know, and when they pull Infinity War off of um, Netflix, it's going to go there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like if you're a Marvel fan, a Star Wars fan or a Disney fan, you're going to want to sign up for this. <laughs> it, absolutely. You absolutely My are. Goodness. I mean, between this and um, CBS All Access and Netflix and Hulu, my goodness. And DC Universe, <laughs> which is – Oh, man. That's another one where I'm going to be signing up and then canceling and then maybe signing back up for season two. But that has the Swamp Thing live-action TV series. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I read that news and I think I went, oh, that's Ben. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and my my ears were itching when you did. Is it the itch? Mm-hmm. Do your ears itch? Okay, yeah, my ears were itching. So that my is ears are Disney Plus. Of allergies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we we still don't know a whole lot about it, and you know, we know more than we did a week ago. A right? lot, but we more, still don't. Yeah. yeah, a lot more. We know what what they're gonna sort of what they're gonna put out, but I think that there's Disney's not one for um, telling everything before they before they move forward like they're not going to explain every nook and cranny of the thing before they release it i think there's going to be a lot on there that we're not expecting and are pleasantly surprised maybe (laughs) i'm excited i I think there's some really cool things there so I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired, not excited at this moment. Well, let's. Here <laughs> I, we am, are. I am excited in the long run, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Sam and Stu, for, for hosting. And next time we see each other, um, well, Cloak and Dagger episode four or Endgame. I'm not sure which is happening first, but I'm pretty sure it'll be Cloak and Dagger. I'm hoping it'll be Cloak and Dagger. So. But next week, Endgame. Is it really next week already? It is. Next week. It is. Wow. Yep. In days. Actually, nine if you're going to see it on Thursday. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. So, all right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.